Hello and welcome to Collected Sorceries, episode 6. We took off last week because I had a personal matter to deal with that was very, very sensitive, and I thank you never to ask about it again. But we're back, and better than ever, and I'm here, and Ethan's here. Howdy. Hi, Ethan, how are you? Oh, pretty good. Oh, and we have a third friend, a mystery friend, on Collected Sorceries, the podcast about Magic the Gathering and useless bullshit. Oh, wow, so it's like all the other podcasts on Magic the Gathering. <laughs> it's like every podcast I've ever done. The voice you're hearing is... is. Would you like to introduce him? Oh, would you like to introduce himself? Who wants to go? Hi, I'm Jim Cognac. Nice to meet you. This is Jim Cognac. We refer to him as the Sultan of Specificity. The, uh... Was it the knower of names? The knower of names. Names yeah. that are known. So, let's kick this thing right off. You have the show notes, and I don't. We did some stuff this week that will come into play at some point, but I don't know what order you want to do this in. What order do you want to do it in? Tell me. Uh, we Tell can me now. Start from, start from our top and work our way down. Tell me, Hector. Oh, start from the top and work our way down. As I've given you back the show notes, that helps me a lot. Uh, <laughs> I think the first thing we've got listed is a uh, deck tech. Have you guys done one of those yet? Hell no. <laughs> Not yet. Well, uh, We haven't done anything yet. Are you familiar with the concept of the deck tech? I am very familiar with the concept of tech decks because they were huge when I was a Those young tiny child. skateboards. That but that's not steer the same, two, two fingers. Oh, no, this is different from the tiny skateboards you steer with two fingers. Oh, I, thank God, because I was already very tired of those. Oversaturated by far. I don't know. I think they are, they are similar in that as a, um, as a, what's the word I'm looking for? As an environment for magic gets older and older, it accumulates deck techs the way a teenager might have accumulated tech decks back in the day. Oh. Well, let's be honest, teenagers were too cool for that shit. Like, they were. I was too cool for yes, that shit. Yes, yes. All yeah. teenagers were too cool for that. Every teenager I know was too cool for that and did not at all own any of those or, or accessories uh, their, their hall of. I think worry, I probably owned like two Thank or three you. of them when I was seven or eight, which to be fair would have been when you were a teenager, so it all lines up. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I'm old. Everything's to plan. Everyone here is a solid five or so years older than me, but I'm not bragging because I'm going to die first. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you the, the wisdom uh, in advance. Anyway, uh, deck techs, tell me about yeah. So deck tech is the way we refer to it when somebody goes and breaks down a deck, generally in a podcast or as a YouTube video or something. Generally, oh. bite-sized magic entertainment. You give a concept for a deck and a rough breakdown of how it uh, how the deck plays. Oh. Some folks will also, uh, if they're streaming, it's very popular to play a few games with it. Oh, on the Twitch. Yeah, and I gotta say, oh. Twitch streaming and all that has really changed the way uh, we magic players interact with each other in view games, because it was not possible to do this a few years ago. It was a drastic explosion that I was immediately cut out of, because I'm not an attractive woman. I, I, fair enough. Oh, Twitch streaming. Yes, Twitch streaming. Yes, it does help. It's the one environment, well, well, an environment. It's, where it's the being, one environment where, where being, being an attractive, attractive woman, woman helps. Is an upside. I, I don't know why I said, sometimes I say words, and they just... Sometimes you start words, and then you don't know where they're going, and yeah. you have to kind of take a swerve on the way there. Yeah. No, I think these particular words are right into a wall. But, yeah. to, to bring it back to what we were saying... Yes. Um, Tell me more about deck techs. What deck are we teching today? Well, today, uh, we're going to start with a little one that I like to call Muppet Aggro. Muppet Aggro. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm Represented here as this illustration of Animal from the Electric Mayhem. Ah. Yes, and Animal's primary colors are red and black. They are. Mostly red. And mostly just, red. Just like this particular deck. Yes, I'm excited. So the, the name is inspired, uh, it is a Rakdos deck, as you can tell. The name is inspired by the uh, bit that the folks over at Loading Ready Run did for their uh, 
nicknames back for Ravnica Allegiance. Uh, someone wrote the lyrics to the Muppet Show opening and uh, made it about the Rakdos Guild. Muppet Show opening, one of the more parodiable openings. Yeah. The Good cult song of, to parody. The Cult of Rakdos. Yes, the Cult of Rakdos. Thank the you. The Cult Nathan. of Rakdos. Yeah. So, the, uh, this, this one's very basic. Uh, we take, I take a couple of mechanics that I think go well together and slather them into a deck with an overall idea. A little bit of synergy and, best of all for this one, very, very low budget. Every if I know anything about 90s corporate culture, synergy will be critical. <laughs> well, deck synergy is, synergy is one of the things that makes the difference between a good deck and a bad one. And I'm yep. not saying this one's a good one because it's not really. Not going to see it top eating any, any GPs, but it's inexpensive and fun to play. And that's the important thing. It's hella fun. How fun is it? So fun. I haven't played it. So I've only played one deck as of yet in the last 15 years, but... We'll get to that later. We're going to change those numbers. We're going to synergize. We're going to, we're going to pump those numbers up. Well, dare I say. Yeah, and speaking of respectable, I've managed to reliably turn around about 8 to 10 damage in the last turn to uh, finish somebody off. 10 damage in the last turn to uh, finish somebody off. Ah. Which is outside of the range that most people think they're stable against burn decks. Yeah. Yeah. So the basic idea is using effects that work well together. In this instance, we're starting with the sacrifice mechanic that's pretty popular in... Uh, it's a sub-theme uh, in War of the Spark. Mm, War of the Spark. Now, the cards that I use to act that actually sacrifice aren't all that numerous. Uh, three that are worth noting. Uh, there is Heartfire. Heartfire! Heartfire! You get caught up in the... Heartfire! Heartfire! I think I think definitely in the wrong oh. key there. Heartfire! You guys were in the right key. I was in the wrong key, but that... Yes. You'll get effects. caught up in it. Wow, it's like being back in the 80s. Oh, thank God. I was never in the 80s, but... From what you've heard, it was... From what you've heard, it was quite enjoyable. I was pretty close, so... Yeah. I feel you. You know, I, I feel like most of the kids these days who act like they remember the 80s, they don't remember the 80s. I know, I'm older than most of them, and I don't remember the 80s. Uh. I was born when it ended. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just dated myself real well there. So, using a hard fire... Spark Harvest. Spark Harvest. And one that I haven't seen used in any other folks who've made decks of the in the uh, same theme, uh, going back to Allegiance's Fireblade Artist. Fireblade Artist. That's a Darth Maul goes to design school. Darth Maul goes to design school. Now, Fireblade Artist is one is a card that I'll describe, since unlike the others, you might not remember it. It has not gotten a ton of standard play. It is a hasty 2-2 two -two for 2 that when... Uh, what is it? Every upkeep, it can sacrifice a creature to deal two damage to target player. Mmm, delicious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can fling your other sacrifice uh, creatures at things, at, at, at your opponent. I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of sacrificing creatures to destroy everyone. And also at magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the basic gist of this deck is to use those three sacrifice outlets and a bunch of very inexpensive creatures who make for decent aggro and also have upsides when you pitch them generally at someone's face because that's where Heartfire and our fireblade artists like to do it that's where the muppet part of the muppet aggro comes in yeah and honestly, that's a misnomer it's the aggro part oh well honestly if you look if you look at the fireblade artist doesn't he just look like the sort of sick twisted freak who would you know operate a muppet yeah. Does that just imply Jim Henson's a sick, twisted freak? He did write a, a pretty bizarre spec script for the Cube. Or he, he did produce a pretty bizarre version of the Cube. When like the Muppets like first came version. out, it was the, what was the Muppets Sex and Violence Hour? Are you sure you're not thinking of Meet the Feebles? No, I'm thinking of it was the Muppets Sex and Violence Hour. Huh. It's wow. because he was trying to break out of his image initially. 
That there's, sounds amazing, and I want more of it. There's but no it, that way. was the thing. It wasn't. It was. It was just sort of a like a misdirect kind of because it wasn't you know as over the top as it sounds. There's no way I can disprove what you just said. No, we'll look it up later. I'll show you. Fair okay. enough. There's going to be research. But, uh, it's because he started doing like, corporate videos, the Muppets teaching people about corporate safety, and he was trying to break that image, so he called it the Muppet Sex and Violence Hour. So that's and, and those Muppets were pretty aggro, like this deck. That makes Indeed. more sense. Speaking of Muppets, if uh, our Fireblade artist is the puppeteer, then we do need some Muppets to go along with. And uh, Footlight Fiend, Tybalt's Rager, and Havoc Devil all look appropriately Muppety. They, they do. If you want, you can pull those up. On Havoc that. Devil, my favorite kind of devil by far. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, we've selected some cards that uh, when they go pop, because you've thrown them at someone's face with an effect, they also deal damage. Now, not always need, it doesn't always need to be aimed at the face. I find that the flexibility allowed both by Tybalt's Rager and um, Footlight Fiend, as well as Mayhem Devil's abilities, allow you to pretty handily remove Planeswalkers and Creatures too to clear the way. Uh, we also run a full set of Dreadhorde Butchers, because that card is just freaking sick. It's yeah. a 1-1 one, one for a black and a red that has haste, and every time it deals damage, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. When it dies, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player or planeswalker. It's just a backbreaker. Mm, like proliferation. You're, you're going to need some Advil. Mutually uh, assured box. destruction. Yes, the deck doesn't actually run proliferate, but it could. A, a terrifying prospect. Yes, yes. And keeping with the theme of adorable Muppets as well as their sinister puppeteers, we have Tybalt Rakish Instigator. Or is it Rakish? I think rakish. it's Rakish. Ah, Tybalt Rakish Instigator, who uh, de definitely commands devils like puppets and makes some adorable little devils of his own. I'll show you the art for his uh, tokens later. This they're sounds yeah. absolutely yeah. terrifying. Yep, they're adorable. And for the top end of our curve, um, there's I've seen folks run Bantu to lean into the sacrifice theme, but uh, personally, I just want a couple of Chandra fire art or fire artisan. Yeah, I've heard about great. Chandra. Mm -hmm. Locally sourced. I've learned about Chandra. Fire. Ooh, artisanal is, fire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, but Chandra does uh, help the deck move on in the in the later turns by drawing cards and she keeps the pressure on because if your your opponent wants to attack into her they're taking damage and generally speaking if this deck hasn't already lost by the time you get chandra on the field they should not have a lot of life left to play with ah the old stop hitting yourself final answer the face mm -hmm. is the place the face damage. is the place and the fist is the thing if you don't think i'm gonna call bantu batu and you don't know star wars galaxy's edge a reference just for me, as I'm the only one here who's a massive fan of theme parks. I mean, I know what you're referencing, I just don't get the reference. Ah, okay. Good call. I, I love. Anyway, the Muppet Sex and Violence was one of two pirates... Pilots? Pirates. Originally aired for the Muppets. Pilots of the Caribbean. Pir pirates of the Muppets. Don't... If you want to pirate something, why not pirate? Muppets, Sex and Violence. One of two pilots originally aired for the Muppets. Much, much more violently named than the other Muppets Valentine. Doot, doot. Speaking of pirates and Muppets, I have two things to say. First of all... The Muppet Treasure Island is the best version of Treasure Island by far, and may in fact be one of the top five best movies ever made. I would have a hard time arguing with that, since it was a lot of the same creative team that brought to life The Muppet Christmas Carol, which is legitimately my favorite movie of all time. But only the version with When the Love is Gone in it, and the fact that it was cut out, that's a show for another day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Secondly, if we're keeping with the Muppets and Puppet themes, I can note that while there aren't any cards from Ixalan in this particular deck, you could definitely throw in some uh, Fanatical Firebrands for monkey-looking pirate fun, and Fiery Cannonade is a decent way to remove your opponent's creatures. I forgot that the monkeys, or sorry, the goblins from the Ixalan, from Ixalan uh, look more like monkeys. Yeah. Because every set has to have a goblin, and so the goblins in Ixalan, and they all... Every, the goblins in every set look slightly different, and the ones in Ixalan slightly resemble monkeys. I could go either way it's on that, great. but if you think I would not rock this deck with Fiery Cannonade, oh boy. Yeah, so yeah. quick question, Ethan. If goblins are in every deck, what do the goblins in Innistrad look like? <laughs> An excellent question, to be sure. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, I don't know if there were... I mean, there was a dragon in, in Innistrad, and every set has to have a dragon. Was there uh, a snake in Innistrad? Uh... Uh, not that I recall. In Estrada de Vida? <laughs> cool. Don't, don't wow. you know that I'll always play blue? <laughs> In Estrada de Vida, Chandra. <laughs> More magic theme parodies coming from Collected Sorceries. I was just recently warned against playing blue. I was told that was the wrong thing to do. Just like everything else in life, I wasn't allowed to make my own choices. <laughs> no, you're allowed to make your own choices. The trick is then then me and Jay will have to deal with them. Yeah, I mean, honest to gosh, the only problem with playing blue is that no one else will ever like you again. We'll still like you. Well, the good news is I didn't end up playing blue, so I win. <laughs> yes. All right. Everything's coming up really. Everything is awesome. Is Teo the millhouse of, of the Planeswalkers? Teo is not a meme. <laughs> no, no. But Teo is, is not, not a meme, meme is a meme. meme. You heard it here first, folks. You've heard it here on the Millhouse Hour. So, Roy, you've inadvertently walked us into a great segue. Um, one of the other things, a little further down our page of notes here, oh. was uh, a Planeswalker's first choice of colors. So you built the first deck you've built in quite some time. Oh, right? yeah. Long, long time. 15 years, probably. Maybe more. Long time. Yeah, so uh, care to... Uh, elucidate our audience as to what colors you chose. Oh, well, I was looking through a bunch of cards, and I was seeing what felt good, and, and black-blue kind of felt good, and then I was immediately told that no one would ever like me again. <laughs> but then black-white also kind of felt good, and so you, I went with that. And you love Michael Jackson. I do. Music. It doesn't matter if you're black or white, yeah. when you can be both. Yeah. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, so uh, you put your first deck together. We I did. Played the uh, first game with it uh, against something I threw together at the same time. And as I recall, you soundly kicked my arse. I did. I did. I You were going easy on me because it had been such a long time. Though I did pull off a pretty cool move at the beginning. Yeah, black-white has some ridiculous synergy that you can do. Yes, yes. With aristocrats. Or the aristocrat effect. Because it's not really a mechanic. Let's remember, folks, that uh, cruel celebrants do stack... And it really doesn't matter if they die if you Kaya's Wrath your board if you're getting enough of your opponent's creatures. Mm, and I did. I did get enough. Sacrifice two cruel celebrants. Kaya, who should be called Kaya, who plays with the precise... Uh, Kaya, who plays with the precisely right number of knives at once. Mm. I love playing with the precisely right number of knives at once. <laughs> Try saying that two times. Backwards. Kids only play with the right number of knives at once. I'm going to play with too many knives. You can't stop me, crack stuntman. I would never. Oh. I stand I think, corrected. I think that this is a good time to point out, though, that uh, while we are making a somewhat of a big deal about the color choice you chose for that first deck you're building, I think a lot of times folks will sort of indicate that a uh, player needs to pick a color and stay in a lane or something like that. And hey, some players do find colors they really enjoy playing, but 
I don't really think we should categorize people like that. Everything's fun to play every once in a while. Sure, I think yeah. it's a process of exploration, trying different yeah. things out. I certainly, you know, I uh, I really enjoyed playing that deck, and I liked where it was going, and I liked the feel of it. But I'm, I'm certainly open to trying other things in the future as well. I'd, I'd like to try all the combinations, every You're, color of the rainbow. Well, You're you better awesome. huh. well, you better hurry up because Explore rotates out in October. Oh, we got plenty of time. Um, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I was referring to the explore mechanic from the uh, excellent block, which comes out in October. For anybody who didn't already know that, and apparently it was funny. Apparently it was funny. Uh, that's why Wizards is really great at naming mechanics, because the names are intuitive, but they also lead to great joke setups. They are like so that. intuitive. I totally remember exactly what it was called already. <laughs> it was the explorer mechanic. I know. I know what we're doing here. I love that. Don't movie. question me. You might say it's shrouded in mystery. I, oh, jokes that are funny to two people, and and some other people who are listening. I have no experience with inside jokes. Well, yeah, clearly all the best comedy venues are outdoors. <laughs> that was an inside joke, and I let the inside joke get out. I shouldn't have done that. No, no. But yes, uh, Black White has some pretty incredible synergies because white is life gain and black deals damage to things. And there's a lot of gold cards, meaning two color cards that it's like gain when you gain life, get a bonus. And the me mechanic that's not officially a mechanic, uh, Aristocrats, named after a couple cards called Falcon Wrath Aristocrat and Cartel Aristocrat. And basically, the mechanic, such as it is, is sacrifice a creature, do a thing. And then, you know, they asked the pro tour champion what this mechanic was called and he said the aristocrats ha -cha -cha. if there's one thing i love it's destroying things to gain life yeah also if there's one thing that isn't a meme but it not being a meme is a meme it's the aristocrats so what you're saying is i just destroy my magic collection and get a life mm. <laughs> nobody's saying no, no. <laughs> but buzz like you're no. that, that jpeg mm. That's a risk we can't afford to take. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> now, this is a hobby, so I swear, is the only thing that gets me out of bed on Fridays. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of Fridays, have you been going to your local game store for Friday Night Magic, huh, listener? You should be. I haven't been. We'll, we'll, we'll help with that. Yeah, seriously. We'll drag your arse down there this weekend. Yeah, yeah. You can try. Yeah. You'll never take me alive. We'll, we'll say we tried, and, and we'll also say that we took you alive. Just remember that uh, without local game stores to play in, we That's don't true. get the magic we love. So, you know, shop online if you want to, but every now and then go down to your local game store and give them a little love, folks. Friday Night Magic. If you're not doing it, you're killing local business. Wow, a little heavy in the guilt there, but I agree. Guilt is the only way people respond to things anymore. <laughs> anymore they don't man. respond to sense. <laughs> Well, I find outrage works pretty well. I'm outraged that they're killing local business. <laughs> yeah, I think we've checked everything off on that bingo list. <laughs> so what do we have up next? What else do we want to talk about? We do have... we want to explore deeper? Do we want to move on? You are in control. <laughs> we have... But not of the horizontal or the vertical. Apparently no. that's Roy's. Yeah. We have one other thing, which is uh, reconstructing silence submersible. Uh, what makes a, a card good or bad, in air quotes, or just bad? Okay, um, good or bad or just bad? Mechanically speaking. Mechanically speaking. Yes. Oh, good. Well, I mean, cards can be kind of like movies, as in they're so bad, it's 
it's kind of good. Oh, I was thinking they would kind of be like me, and that they're so bad, they're good. Like Michael Jackson bad? <laughs> Bring this all the way back around? Like Billie Jean. <laughs> yep. She's not your girl. She's not my son. Wow. Not the way those lyrics go. But... <laughs> Seriously, the Silent Submersible is a card that gets a lot of talk at the moment. Uh, do well, I'll explain it for the listeners. Explain it to me. It is a two-blue vehicle. Vehicles are a type of artifact. Uh, all of them have stats like a creature, but those stats are not active unless they are crude, meaning you have to tap creatures that you control in order to animate your vehicles. Animate. It's a great Rush song. <clears throat> Ah, oh, it's amazing. I think I'm doing pretty well here. Oh, you okay? are? Yeah, you are. Let me put it in perspective what I'm doing here. I am the humans in the Godzilla movie. All the executives think they need a window into the world, but they don't really want me there. What they want is the purists. You just want to see Godzilla and King Kong destroy each other with the Mothra and, and all the other King Ghidorah. You just That's all you want. But I'm there. I'm Millie Bobby Brown. I'm Ken Watanabe. And you don't want me there. But God damn it, I'm going to Ken Watanabe the shit out of this thing. Yeah, that movie comes out tomorrow, and I am thinking about Godzilla a lot right now, too. Uh, wheezing. That was amazing. So, Silence Immersible, Power 2, Toughness 3, uh, Crew 2, you tap creatures with uh, power, total power uh, 2 uh, in, in order to turn it into an artifact creature until the end of turn. Uh, and it has the loot effect whenever it deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, uh, draw a card, then discard a card. Actually, no, actually, it's, no it's, uh, it's better than that. It just draws you a card. There uh, we go. Which is why I've heard a few people say that this card is not, in fact, as bad as everyone thinks it is. It's just not very good. My response is, if I'm getting it as the rare in a pack where I could be getting Chad, it better damn well be better than that. Or, or at least as, as good as Chad. Oh, there's feel-bad rares, and that is a feel-bad rare. I have a playset now. <laughs> T TFW... Your your rarest silence immersible. This summer, Nicolas Cage in as good as Chad. Oh, I thought you were going to make a submarine movie reference, so I started making submarine noise. <laughs> now that said, um, with what I was saying about some cards being so good they're bad, Silent Submersible has the problem of being almost playable. It's not so bad that it's, like, ludicrously fun, because it does have a useful ability. We're not talking one with nothing, where its entire effect is empty your hand and try to lose. Yeah. But it's also not good enough to be played. Even in the most casual of draft decks, nine out of ten times, you're better just playing, I don't know, a 2-2. Two -two. Oh. I mean, even overpaying, paying a two, uh, hill giant, paying four for a 3-3 three -three would be better than dropping two on this useless waste of space. Because in terms of card advantage, you're, you're kind of two-for-one in yourself, or, or even worse, because you're playing the card optimally on turn two, and then you have to tap one or two other creatures in order to make it work, and so you're spending cards to not do as much. And once it's animated, it can be hit with all the same removals your removal your creatures can. It can be blocked the same way. And that's what a lot of people think, is that this particular card had some kind of evasion in it somewhere during development. I agree with that theory. Yeah. It's that a, seems like it would make it a lot more balanced. Also, it's yeah. a freaking submarine. So you would think it would not be hit, except by underwater creatures. 
Indeed. Ba basically, yeah. If only there was a mechanic that allowed things to... To be unblockable in if... the presence of an island. Perhaps. Yeah, that'd be weird if Some there was kind something of like that. island walk. Yeah, you could walk amongst them even. Yes. So, Roy, you, remember, you said you played 15 years ago. Do you remember Landwalk? I don't remember anything from 15 years ago. That's, I've that's repressed fair. my entire childhood. Just, I think I've already discussed it on this show briefly. <laughs> we don't have to go into my dark, dark past you've forever. Replaced, you've replaced your la the past 15 years with episodes of Scrubs and New Girl and uh, uh, Psych. And I do love like. both New Girl and Psych. <laughs> yeah. And I do like Scrubs. Not as much as most people around me like it, but I do like it. Yeah. But New Girl and Psych, for right. sure. The only thing I brought here from 15 years ago was my love for the movie Kazam. Fair enough, as evidenced by the full-size movie poster for Kazam. Yes. Speaking of which, if I'm here and we record again, could we adjust it so Shaq's not staring at me the whole time? No, I think the show's better when Shaq's staring at you. Oh, boy. Collected Sorcery is a show uh, best enjoyed while Shaq's staring at you. With his large, grand, and his gold raiment. Children, his, his, now's his... the time. Everyone pull out your full-size Kazam posters and make Shaq stare at you. <sighs> the sad thing is, I'm fairly certain if we have any kind of audience, there's at least one guy who can do that. <sighs> I'm telling you right now, he's my favorite. <laughs> ah, so, speaking of uh, favorites in a roundabout way... Yes. Uh, Ethan, one of his favorite things to do with cards like Silent Submersible, is to put together decks where he can try to make them work. So that is his new project. Challenge accepted. Okay. <clears throat> when you when you see a bad card, you're like... I think that would be fascinating. Yeah, it's it's the, the Magic the Gathering equivalent of buying an old car and trying to fix it up and make it work. So if I knew yeah. any amount... I mean, a Yugo. Like, like a bad old car? Well, if I knew... Because uh, buying classic cars is a whole thing. Oh, yeah. I okay. know. My dad uh, used to do it. I think I think what he just said is about right. It's Which like is impressive because he had no money. Oh. Huh. I think what he said is about right. It's like buying a Yugo. And then trying to fix it up and make it work. You're not trying to make it run well. You're just trying to make it run. Ah, and yes. everybody else looks at you and goes, what's the point? Why are you doing this? Insert clip of Catbug saying, why would you do that? <laughs> but hey, it's fun. And yeah. we need all kinds of Timmys and Johnnies to make this uh, crazy card game go round. It Johnny. takes all kinds to make a world. A and magical, magical world. So Slytherins, Hufflepuffs. Azorius. Azorius. Boros. Boros Syndicate. Uh, Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Uh, Rakdos. Bry. Demir. Pumpernickel. <laughs> Pumpernickel and Pumpernickel and why? Silver and gold. Silver and... <clears throat> okay. Um, I thought it was sliver and gold. Not going to lie to you. When I said gold, that wasn't what I was thinking. But I thought about it even before you started singing it, so... I don't. I think gold. Girl lives, everyone. Our gold and slivers is a deck, but mm, uh, yeah. Seriously, for this one, there I think are no friendly snowmen. We yeah. might end up having to make a multicolor deck to make this thing work. I can tell you, we are going to get some silver in there because Karn Silver Golem, in the form of Karn the Great Creator, might just make these submarines playable. He can animate them. Yes, he can make them slightly better. He can turn them from two threes into three threes. Submarines haven't been this playable since Battleship was invented. <laughs> What I think we might do is combine Karn and Sahili. That way, every time you cast one of your submarines, you can get a servo token, which you can then use Sahili's ability to turn into an additional submarine. That sounds awesome. You could have a fleet of submarines. Yep, you can be just like the German Navy during World War II, make a bunch of submarines, and lose the war anyways. 
Mm. You've made it sound significantly less fun than I was originally thinking. Oh, it, oh, it's plenty of fun in this case. Not for the Germans. No, not not for the. Ger- I mean, in the case of the Silent Submersibles in the Magic the Gathering deck. Oh, good. It's it's if you lose, ideally, it's still fun. Okay. If you're fortunate in your misfortune, you know. You, st- you still got your deck to do the thing, TM. You can derive fun out of not winning. I hope. If you can't enjoy losing, you really shouldn't go down and play Magic. Because remember, for every game that someone wins, someone else has got to lose. And that someone else who loses is you. If you want a game that's impossible to win and you'll still enjoy it, uh, Dwarf Fortress is an incredible example. You can do a whole podcast about that. Let's do a whole podcast about Dwarf Fortress. And I'm out! Seriously, though, that ratio gets even worse when you think about Commander or Oathbreaker or multiplayer formats. Yeah. In the standard game of Commander, one person wins, three people lose. That's oh. like 150% losing. Yeah. That's truly unfortunate. 300% losing. Wow, I can do math. It's like 75% losing. The point the is, most of the people lose. 75% of everyone loses. And you can tell that I play aggro because I can't do math. And the math is for blockers. <laughs> Uh, this is a very small Green Lantern ring. And you can tell that I'm a blocker because my wife left me many years ago. <laughs> so I think that uh, perhaps if we do, if you guys do have me back for another episode, we should maybe dive into some of the memes we keep dropping. <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, memes. memes and magic, yes. Roy, you're going to learn the joy of memes and magic. Oh, great. I'm so excited by the joy of memes naturally. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's memes like Stormcrow, but then there's things like Math is for Blockers that are actually kind of fun to explain. Bolt the bird. Bolt the bird. Math is for Blockers. Jund them out. Well, you can always jund them out. Yeah. Even if you're not playing jund the color combination. Like, even if you're not playing black, red, green, jund them out is still apparently an option. And that, everybody, was a six-year-old loading ready run Friday Night's reference. Just We're just, not fighting Godzilla. Godzilla's fighting us. <laughs> Sorry, I've lost my ability to be spiritual Ken Watanabe, so I became actual Ken Watanabe there. But without doing a weird accent, because that would have been weird. And maybe a little racially insensitive. That's why I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Collected unless... sorceries. We're concerned about your feelings. To a point. Oh, yeah. Unless you don't like Kazam. I look forward to learning about Dwarf Fortress, and I look forward to learning about memes. Is there anything you would like to finish up with before we go kick some serious ass at trivia? I I think we're set. We're set? Yeah. We did it? We got through all the notes? We're game set. We got through it. Oh! We won. Come on, Aslam. And welcome to, and welcome the, to the end of Collected Sorceries. But yeah. Thank you for coming. We will have Jim Croce on next time. Also, Ethan will be back. And I will return as well. Presumably. We will all return. Say, in Thunderball. Say goodbye to the people, Ethan. Goodbye to the people, Ethan. <laughs>